this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode was recorded live at Book Riot Live and might have a little more explicit language and content than usual, so consider yourself warned. Okay then, enjoy the show. All right, ready? Oh, yeah. I'm nervous. I'm Are nervous. you It's okay. It's okay. Okay, ready? Okay. Uh, this is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This episode 131, recording on Saturday. What day is Saturday, it? Saturday, November 7th, 2015. <laughs> I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're coming to you from Book Riot Live. Live! And we clearly have a bunch of psychopaths in oh the audience. Oh my god, I'm having, so, I'm having so many feelings. I don't even want to talk about the news. I just, I just I want to be like stunned. This is an hour about our feelings. Yeah, so, well, luckily we can look at them rather than, you've heard us talk about when we've done live shows before and it's just us in a room and we're like. <laughs> we so looked, Rebecca, what do you think about Amazon? The first Amazon? time it was so weird that the second time we were like, we have to not look at yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, I know. So, so we're here. Thanks to Candlewick Press. Candlewick Press. So, yeah, we have a giveaway. We have so a giveaway. Those, those are books for you guys to take after the show's over. The giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Murdstone Trilogy by Mal Pete. Look how pretty it so is. So pretty. It's gorgeous. And, um, and we made nice piles that I knocked over clumsily earlier, and then we remade them. I have touched most of those books. I hope you don't mind. Um, this is Mal Pete's final completed novel. It was published posthumously. He passed away earlier this year. Um, it's an adult novel about a YA author who makes a Faustian-type deal in order to write a best-selling fantasy trilogy. Nice. That's meta. That folks. is meta. That's what we call meta. It's also a dark comedy. It's a publishing industry with a fantasy twist story. Mal Pete was super fancy. Uh, he was a Carnegie medalist. He wrote Keeper, Tamar Life, and Exploded Diagram, among many other books. As you can see, the Murdstone trilogy is available in hardcover, also on audio, and as an ebook. And uh, that's Raquel from Candlewick Raquel. in the back. You know what? We have to say this. Candlewick was our oh, very, first very first customer. Bought, yeah, very first. For the whole, for the whole thing. For the when whole, we launched Book Riot, yeah, they the bought whole thing. our They've very first ads. They've been super good to us the They've whole been time. great. So, so go buy all the Candlewick Pick books. up a copy of the Murdstone Trilogy on your way out. And thank you to Candlewick. Also, we, Bookwitty is also sponsoring the whole shebang. Oh, right. Like, and bookwitty.com, it's a any book, anywhere in the world, at a fair price, in any language. That's what they're working on. They have a booth downstairs, bookwitty.com. You can make a profile. Check it out. So thanks so much to them. Go see them. Their booth has an astronaut. I know. I think they're riding the Martians' coattails. It's not a bad choice. Yeah. Of so course, if you, you ride the Martians' coattails, you end up stranded. And well, anyway, that's a. That's, but he makes it back. So is this the so is this the biggest book story of the year, or do we think not? I think it wants to be the biggest. Do you guys book care about the Amazon the physical bookstore? Are you interested? I'm like, would you go? No. Yeah, it's weird, right? So I, I promised Amanda, who I hope isn't sitting here. Oh, there she's right there. I promised. <laughs> She I mean, not who sitting. I totally hope is right here. Uh, I promised her I'd write something about it this week, and I couldn't come up with anything it's really... Like, it should be interesting, but it's, it's not. not. It's not. So if you haven't heard about it, basically they opened up... It's, it's, a, it's a store. It's a U-Village in Seattle, which we were just at for meetings, right, weirdly, yeah. like down the street. And it's a bookstore. 
They sell books. They sell books. And so, like, the publishing industry has been wondering for a while, is like, are they ever going to have a physical bookstore? What, like, black magic are they going to pull out? And it's like, it's an independent bookstore with all the covers turned out. It's like, really? Whoa. It took you, like, 10 years to do that. So, okay, so the really only thing that I think are worth noting is all, all the books are cover out, which is, I mean, that's cool, right? I mean, that's not bad. You go in. So they don't have as many books as they could otherwise. Uh, the other thing it's is... It's still, like, five to 6,000 titles, yeah, though. Yeah, and they also have, like, every book has a shelf talker either from staff or like a customer review on Amazon. So a third of them are fake. <laughs> Wait, I promised they... I wouldn't do stand-up. <laughs> do I get to shoop now? <laughs> yeah. What is the deal with customer reviews? Um, Amazon, am I right? Yeah, am I right, guys? <laughs> Show title. Yeah. And, and then I guess the most, really the most interesting to me is that the prices are the same as online. Oh, that's interesting. So I guess it's 11.83 for a paperback. <laughs> Are the reviews, do you know, the Shelf Talker reviews that are from customers, Is it? do they have to get permission or is it like Susie I, I think when you sign up for an Amazon account, you sign away your soul. They can do, so they whatever, can do whatever they whatever. want. Like if they come for That's your kidney one night deal. in the night, they're like, I'm sorry, your end user license agreement lets what a trip. us do this. So you could go to the Seattle Amazon bookstore and you could see your Amazon review yeah, as a yeah, Shelf Talker yeah. by surprise. And, and the other thing they're talking up is that they're using their sales data from backlist titles to like carry stuff that they think you know, normally people wouldn't find, but I'm like, you know who else does that? Bookstores. Right. I, I think so I'm not sure about the that. best part of this has been all the coverage by like indie publishers and independent right. booksellers who have just let the snark run free. Yeah, right. About <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what if people curated bookstores? Yeah, I know. It's such a good idea. I, I, it, so, it makes it sound like Amazon's the only one that doesn't just spin a fucking roulette wheel and decide, <laughs> I guess we're going to carry that book. I will see what happens. Oh, I cussed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone do a shot. <laughs> My flask is downstairs. Yeah, oh, we, she does have a flask. That's not a lie. Um, <laughs> so I, I think the most interesting thing about it is that it's not interesting. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, like, great job, guys. I don't know. I'm not sure what to say. And so we were talking earlier that, like, so why are they doing this? Why, why do you think they're doing it? I have no idea. That's like, not, that doesn't help me. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I, I can't work with that. I don't know. Maybe it's a, like, we don't want to seem evil. People like bookstores. Everyone says Amazon's killing bookstores. So we'll make a bookstore. You like bookstores so much, fine, we'll make one that's boring. <laughs> well, like, look, we made a store. We don't right. hate bookstores. We're not just a bunch of robots. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> See, bookstore. And it's called Amazon Books. Like, good job, guys. <laughs> what was it? Do you remember what the original idea for the name of Amazon was from the Everything Store? Oh, yeah. It it's was really terrible. terrible. It's very bad. They should have named it that. It was like in, Infinibility. Yeah, it like, was. It was something, something like, bad. it was some horrible descriptive term. If you listen to the, or read the Everything Store about Jeff oh, Bezos, yeah, you really get good. to hear all of his bad ideas. Awesome. It's, it's really good to hear. And this is one of them, I think. I think so. Yeah. The yeah. only thing, I mean... I don't know why they do like billions of dollars in revenue a year, and this is like an independent bookstore like, that charges half price, basically. Like, we're like, going to have a store now. I mean, I guess, so we think maybe they're going to come for Barnes & Noble. Maybe. Like, if it works, they're going to like, we can out Barnes oh, & Noble, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, it's an interesting test case. Yeah, so I don't know. I always thought that maybe they'd have like giant warehouse stores where like you just go in and like punch stuff in a computer and like a robot brings it out to you. Like Book Ikea? Oh. You have to assemble your own book? <laughs> Fine, here's yeah. some glue. It takes you like six Go hours, and there's a bunch of pages missing at the end. <laughs> like, fuck, was, is this extra? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I don't think we needed chapter 21. 
And it's your fault. And you it's your can't fault. Send yeah. It back. Can't send it back. Go figure out where this right, page goes. Right. Actually, that's where page numbers would be useful. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Books come with those. So I think that's the Amazon bookstore. It's the uninteresting thing. Are any of you from Seattle? Northwest? Go. Woo-hoo! Tell us. Go yeah, tell us please. something about it. You, you have an assignment. You do. Yeah. Send us an and email. Everyone here witnessed you saying you would. Send us an email with your bookstore report, and I'll send you a tote bag. Oh, yeah, we give you something in return. All in. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> I like these people. I know, they're good people, right? Good people. All right, let's go on. Okay, uh, let's see. We're not going to do questions, Can we right? talk about... No, we, I guess questions. we could do... No, uh, no, no. no, you don't get to ask questions. You can ask Sorry. this after. So, uh, my favorite thing... And yes, thing... this is natural. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> can we talk about Carrie Brownstein and... Yeah, I... We, I, stats, it feels weird to do stats. We'll do Carrie Brownstein. Did you like guys hear about this story, Carrie Brownstein, our book tour? She married some people? Like a couple of women just yes. came up to the reading and said, hey, would you marry us after? She's like, sure. And she did, and Amy Poehler was there. And played piano. Yes. And, right, Amy Poehler picked up... It's totally up, not like, a dream I had one time. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Poehler picked up flowers out of a display, like that episode of Parks and Rec where she grabs the colored pencils oh, yeah. and handed them to one of the brides... And they had a bouquet, and then Amy Poehler played the piano, and Carrie Brownstein said lovely things, and now those people are married, and I might get divorced just so Carrie Brownstein can do my next wedding. <laughs> so my question is, how drunk would you have to be to ask an author to marry you at the sign? <laughs> oh, well. Well, let's see. Well, let me do that. How math. drunk would I have to be? <laughs> also, it made me think, like, what would be, like, the top five book, like, author tour experience? Oh, um, you get an hour of life coaching with Cheryl Strayed. Oh, that's a good one. Think of how like powerful you'd feel. You would. You'd just be doing this dance the whole I time. I have cried. I cried all over Terry Tempest Williams yeah, last year. One. That was a good one. Right. What's weird about this is they performed a service. Right. Like Marilyn Robinson, like wash my car or something. <laughs> <laughs> I might break up with you if you asked Marilyn Robinson. Nice to meet to you. Wash my car's it. super dirty. <laughs> I would like to attend one of Marilyn Robinson's sermons. Oh, that's good. I yeah. would get religion right. for that. We know someone who was in Marilyn Robinson's uh, Moby Dick seminar at University of Iowa, and I tried not to kill them out of jealousy, and I'm not sure if it worked. We don't know if, there, if yeah. there's a body, it's Jeff's fault. Maybe if, like, uh, Nick Offerman would, like, whittle you something yeah. on book tour, like, yes. that after. I need a hoopa. Yeah. Like, can you just whip one of those you up just, real just, quick? I'll, it'll be five minutes. Yeah. And then you can get one. Who are, are you guys reading the Brown scene? Are anyone interested in the Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl? It's so good, you guys. It's, it's supposed to be really good. It's really good. So okay. um, also, if you go see her on book tour, she could marry you. Maybe she can absolve you of your sins, too. I don't know. Oh, oh, who could? <laughs> Marilyn Rob... Oh, Toni Morrison could absolve you. <laughs> I'd be... I don't, want it, I don't want Toni Morrison to know about my sins. <laughs> I would like to be blameless. She wrote Beloved. You think you're going to freak her out? <laughs> I just want her to love me, Jeff. So one of my characters killed her kids and whipped them around like a like a balloon and oh you're worried about I had about dirty your thoughts this morning. Yeah, <laughs> the, I'm like a, I'm mortified of the not like idea of Toni Morrison <laughs> knowing bad well, things about you. You and I went to a Toni Morrison signing together a few years ago and we were going to talk to her and, and we, we were amping and we were just like <laughs> I don't get dreadlocks. That. Yeah. No. I don't get that much but I was like Yeah, yeah. I love your work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for existing. <laughs> that was pretty much the extent yeah. of it. Uh, you want Louisiana? There's an interesting thing happening. I don't understand the story in Louisiana. So um, Louisiana made it a crime to distribute material harmful to minors through the internet. <laughs> Good luck, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Have but, you listened to our show? Uh, without, we are so harmful. Actually, yeah, we're just hide the kids. Yeah, the twelve-year-olds are just Hide your kids, hide your wife. 
um, without first asking the users to verify that they're 18 years old. And so booksellers in the state filed a lawsuit with legal help from the ACLU and a media trade group to argue that the law is so vague, literally all it says is material harmful, harm, you can't sell material harmful to minors through the internet, um, that it will effectively force them to put a wall in front of their entire online catalogs without doing the age verification thing or else risk steep fines. I, I, okay, I've I think got several questions The concern about is the vagueness, I think, first. Well, sure, and also that it sucks. Right, like who, it sucks. Right. Who gets to decide what's yeah. harmful to minors? Well, I'm a little surprised, like, say, why does it fall to the books? Like, why are the booksellers the one fighting this battle? That's the one I don't get. Because booksellers are badass? Yeah, well, that's true, that's, a, that's true. But like, are, wouldn't, like, all online places be like, uh, hold on a second, <laughs> you know, like... Any of the big right. sites, like the Huff Huffington Post or anything like that. Well, but the, is, the Huffington Post isn't selling to people. Oh, it's, so it's only it's selling, selling. selling material. So you can give away smut, harmful smut for free. Yes. <laughs> but if you sell it, you got to check that shit out and make sure it's <laughs> that, that seems that seems totally fine, totally fine. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't. This is one of those stories. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't if know it, what to yeah, say about it's, it. I, I think it was it's intentionally vague. You write things intentionally vague because you want right. to be able to decide what's harmful based on what well, you like, don't like. For example, like. like music and movies and sure. everything in the world. The, the masterpiece CD my parents took from my room when I'm I was sorry, a kid. I'm sorry, you're what? <laughs> I only had it for a week and then oh, it was gone. Master P. Master P. Oh, oh! Master P. Jeffrey. I don't know what you're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to say your middle I name if you I do was, that again. Oh, that. <laughs> That's the nuclear threat. You don't want to know. It's really good, you no, guys. That's not. That's not fair. <laughs> okay. So that's a that's thing. Not, so let's talk about um, his dark materials. Is going to be a BBC miniseries. Oh, we're, are you as excited as I am? That. We're excited as I. Oh, there's Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Oh, hi, Melissa. Melissa's really excited. Yeah, Melissa's excited. She did this full two-hand wave. <laughs> that's how you know it's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. I think we all learned that from like watching Oprah. Like that's it's, this is just. No, no, it's Muppet Arms. No, that's this. <laughs> yeah, that's We're doing Muppet Arms at the live recording. Of the, oh, I no. might die. Yeah. There, I'm gonna it's do too bad the, we don't have a projector. We could have like, gifts playing in the background. There, I will like, be delivering the rest of this podcast from the afterlife. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's a 12-part, wait, 12-part miniseries? It's, I don't know. It will have parts. It will have parts. <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first of three? No, that's the book. Yeah. I think it's going to be 10 or 12 parts, which it seems right for that series, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's what we all wanted who liked that book. Did you guys see the movie? I th is it? Oh, thumbs down for Melissa. <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked it, I have to say. I'm the, only, I'm the minority. I've that. only read the first book. I didn't I see read the all, movie. I read all of them on a beach somewhere. Actually, that's why I liked the book, because I was on a beach. It was sort of like Those contact nice high. Those memories. Yeah. It was really the, the Bloody Marys that I liked. But. <laughs> it was margaritas. So I guess, I mean, I don't know what to say about that, but it, I that's think that's, that's one of the ones that of the series that are out there that hasn't got the full series treatment yeah. or like the whole saga has made it all the way. Yeah. I was, that, that made me think like what's, what unproduced adaptations are out there that we'd want that mm. we still haven't gotten. Like that's a, is, can you guys think of you other know, ones? I would like a series of Daniel Jose Olders. Uh, oh, the Half the, Resurrection Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah the good. one that's going. Yeah. Who, he's over he's there He's over there at 10, right 15 now. and if you totally bail to go see him, I totally understand. I would do it too. If he he's wanted. way cooler. Way cooler than us. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that would be good. That would be would... good. Well, you've done a you've done a fan cast of Gilead before. Ah, uh, 
I want that yeah, so bad. Yeah, so that's what we want. Yes. They're in there only, like every year or two, yeah. there are rumors that there's going to be a Gilead TV series. The Chaos, the Chaos Walking series is one. Oh, the Patrick Ness, with, right? Who apparently, I've heard Charlie Kaufman is writing an adaptation of right now. I think we've talked oh. about it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. That'll be, be cool. That'll be really cool. Which will be super weird to see what in, Charlie Kaufman We have does. lots of adaptation news this week. What else do we have? Um, Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern, who played Cheryl Strayed's mom oh, right, in the Wild yes. movie, um, have teamed up. They're going to do an HBO uh, series based on Tiny Beautiful Things. Yes. So like, talk about having feelings. <laughs> Which, yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting. I wonder what the structure is going to be like because it's about a family in Portland, but if you know Tiny Beautiful Things... Wait, it's, is it about a family in Portland having breakdowns? Probably. Some breakdowns. Too close. Too it's, close. it's like how to prevent your family breakdown. Oh, I need to, I need to get but on But the this. book is the collection of the um, advice columns that she wrote as Dear Sugar for the Rumpus. And, they, ha you know, there's some unifying themes, like how to be a person who's not an asshole. <laughs> I do um, need this book. That was the alternate title, Tiny Beautiful is that, Things. Is that right? How to not be an how asshole. But I'm really interested. I will watch the shit out of that. It's, um, a, it's a drama. It, yeah, they'll, they'll cry a lot, probably. But I'm really interested in how you make drama out of advice columns. Like, I don't think they're going to go the way of one of the characters is an advice columnist. That would be lame -o. So, like, each episode is going to be, like, the drama, like, the plot will be one of the things that It'll someone be, writes in about? Right, yeah. So, basically, the most tra traumatized family of all time. Right. Is A different trauma every week. <laughs> Maybe one of them will be about <laughs> like podcasts. every single week, someone's having an existential crisis. Pretty much. to be brought back from the brink. Uh, that's, oh, wait, what's it? What, it was for HBO, so they it's can for HBO. sex and stuff. Yeah, you got to cuss and sex and stuff yeah, for do. Cheryl Strait. Yeah. Um, Gary Oldman? You guys, and his manager are going to write a vampire book series. <laughs> right? That's a thing that's happening. <laughs> I feel like Gary Oldman's one of those guys that just sort of plays Mad Libs every morning. He's like, what am I going to do today? Do you think he, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like... Let's see, noun, uh, vampire. This Entertainment uh, Weekly piece, he, like, he just looks so, like, smug. Yeah, he I'm does. Gary Oldman. Have you ever seen him interviewed, like, on uh -uh. a... He's... Yeah. Yeah? Is that, no, is that like the Joaquin Phoenix weird performance no, art face? No, I think that's the, the thing. Oh. Like, that's him. Which is crazy, because you see him acting he's so put together, yeah. but he's being interviewed. He's like all over the place. I like, can't hold string a sentence together. It's very weird. Hmm. So I'm sure the book's going to be super good. Maybe his manager yeah. is on top they of it. They did mention that, like, it's very emphasized that the manager will be involved. I think everyone's like... Gary Oldman by himself is not going to be okay. Yeah. In other weird adaptation news, the life-changing magic of tidying up. I don't up. understand. This one I you don't understand. You guys know this, right? So the book is like, clean out the clutter in your yeah. life by holding every object you own and asking yourself, does, does this, this bring spark me joy? joy? And it's going to be a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's so <laughs> Today's nice episode is called Shoes. <laughs> Oh, I got you. I got her. I try to get her I'm once so every tired, time. Jeff. I know, so tired. Uh, I just don't like. Next week on the life changing magic of tidying up shirts. <laughs> right, lipsticks. Yeah, I know. I, I, I got a few of those. Well, this book, this 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 book sold a metric shit ton. It did, and one of our contributors, Sarah Knight is writing a parody of it that comes oh, out yeah, it does. on December 29th. This is going to be a gold mine This for is her. the most book riot thing ever. The life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-help by way of not caring. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's like pretty much her pitch. I heard her give the elevator pitch for it at the party last night. And she was like, you know, all those earnest self-help books that come out at the beginning of the year. Don't you think she'd be so hard to edit? Because 
So there, you make a, you make a suggestion. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> she did these amazing surveys. Let me see where my fucks are. <laughs> right. Rummages around in purse. It's that gif of Maria from The Sound of Music yeah, going, like, look at all the fucks yeah, I right. give. I don't know if we're going to be able to put this episode on I iTunes. <laughs> Sorry, Raquel. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be just the sponsor read, and that's it. <laughs> uh, or but, we could do like a clean version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The radio mix. Actually, uh, my brother. Actually, yeah, uh, where's Kyle? Kyle. Where's Kyle? He, he jetted. Oh, there he there's is. There's Kyle. My Kyle brother, edits all our shows. He edits all of our shows. So he says, yeah. <laughs> He's got his work cut out for him today. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Your drink's on me tonight. All right. Uh, so that's the life-changing magic of tidying up as a sitcom. We also don't know what that's going to look like. I also hope it's not about a personal organizer, like with different clients asking them if Oh, they... that's totally what it's going to be, though. I know. It's the most obvious thing, right? Like, this is Susie, and it's she's like the a personal organizer. It's like the for hoarders. Right, and every episode will be a different weird client that she has, and... What sparks their personal joy? That feels so dirty to say. <laughs> I'll spark your mom's joy. I'm sorry, I blacked out there for a minute. I'm back now. We've, uh, who's playing? <laughs> As you Luke might expect based on that description, bingo. this is Flavor Wire. The connection between the actual book and the story will be likely be a stretch. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Where even are we right now? Where, I what don't are you know. Doing? I don't know. Who okay. are we? I don't uh, know here's a doing. really exciting thing. And uh, so we talk about we need diverse books all the time. Yes. Scholastic Reading Club. Uh, and one of our contributors, Preethi, who will be in this room right after us, she um, helps on the O-Comics podcast. Which if you haven't listened to and you like our show, you should listen to them. Yeah. So I know some of you do and some of you don't, but It's you very much comics great. for people who are starting to discover yes. comics. They're yeah. awesome. And they're going to take like requests so you could be like, I like Cheryl Strayed. What comics yeah. should I read? And they'll hook you up. But so the Scholastic Reading Club, which Preethi works for, that's her day job, teamed up with We Need Diverse Books to create a special collection of more than 75 diversity-themed children's books that are rolling out this holiday season. Two school book fairs. Yes. Yeah! That's a hell of a job. That's a hell of a job. We're really, really happy to see it. Stoked to know that kids can go to their school book fairs and get books about kids like who look little, like that. There's like a little catalog, right? That's yeah. like specially themed. And I don't, don't you have like great sense memories of the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I talk about reading. I ask people on Reading Lives, and like almost everyone's like, and they brought those silver cases to school. Right. <laughs> I and had those. I know, like they've got like the shakes. So like, oh yeah, I remember. Those pencils with so the lead that you like me. took out and pushed through the top, and they were scented. Someone, I, I wish I could remember who it was. They filled out an order form without asking their parents. Oh. And they just got like a three hundred dollar bill. <laughs> oh, is that a you? That was Amanda. <laughs> Ask forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, oh, Babysitter's Club. It's so surprising that Amanda would do that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like her at all. Just like, I did it, man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Sarah McKnight would do that, it sounds Sarah like. Sarah Knight, too. yeah, oh, she Sarah would. Knight, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, because MC Snugs. I want to add in a Mick in front of her mm -hmm. name for the MC. So good, that's a good job. So you can check that out. I, is it online? I don't see that there's a it's, link. There, yeah, I don't think there's a link to the list of books yet. There could be by oh, now. There that's is, just there the is. Oh, there there's is. a link. We'll put it in the you show notes. The show notes. You can find them. Buy your kids podcast, diverse uh, books book at their school book I can't book get the show notes you're every time. I've messed book up 131 times slash in a row. Podcast. There it is. Bookriot.com slash podcast. Okay. Uh, That's why they keep me. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? No, no, no. Definitely, it's definitely. good. Everything's good. Andrew, Everything's fine. Andrew, Andrew Luck, book recommender. Oh, yeah. So Andrew Luck, who is the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts, apparently he's the unofficial librarian of his team. Like, he recommends books to people all the time. <laughs> Dude has taste. He does. Too. Yeah, right. So what? 
Uh, let's see, what is he recommended? Uh, Rob Lowe's autobiography, oh, Mountains man, Beyond Mountains. Uh, let's see. Yeah. The hundred year old man who climbed out the window and disappeared. I know yes. some of you guys know that one. Uh, so th there's like a secret list. I think Greg actually wrote a long time ago a uh -huh. post about like athletes who athletes, are big time right. book nerds. It was LeBron James uh -huh. and Grant Hill, who I think is retired now. Yeah, and this piece is great. It's from the um, Wall Street Journal, and they're, they interview Andrew Luck's teammates who were like, you know, when we're not playing football, we actually have super nerdy conversations in the locker room. Like, these dudes are talking about books. <laughs> in their tight little football pants. <laughs> I'm just gonna need a minute now. I, th I think, and their tight little pants is definitely the show title. <laughs> can, can we attach this motion to it? I'm so done. <laughs> We were going to try to keep it buttoned up, but we're working super blue and being super sexual all of a sudden. Welcome to Book Welcome, Riot. Yeah, we're a little tired. Uh, Andrew so Luck. So and that's Andrew Luck. Good job, Andrew Luck. Good job, Luck. Andrew Luck. All right. We're going fast. We are. We, we may have to take some questions. Yeah, we have to take some questions. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, the Lulu Fund. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, tell me about it. So Ashley Ford, who is a great writer, she has a lot of work all over Who's the place. Who's been a guest on the Reading Lives podcast, Right, yeah, too. she has. Her episode is great. Yeah, super good. Um, she has teamed up with a woman named Anna March to create the Lulu Fund to fund um, paying writers who are people of color and from other diverse backgrounds um, to be able to be professional writers because there are so many publications that don't pay their writers and you can't live that way. Um, and especially in publishing and journalism, a lot of the diversity problem is everything all right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's all fine. Everything's fine. Uh, stems from like people who have a good advantage are able to take internships that are unpaid, and then they get into those publications, and then they have jobs writing for those publications, and people who don't have all those advantages can't get those jobs. And so they're raising money, and uh, people will be able to apply to the fund and get money from the, the uh, Lulu Fund yeah. uh, to... This is the kind of stuff you have to do. You have to yeah. do this. I mean, this is we've talked a yeah. lot about how hard it is. Like it's just a systemic problem that right. you, they're going people are in. Like, where do you start? And this is a really good starting. It point. is a really good yeah. start. Um, I think we need to. What do you have books. to do to apply? Because people not might sure. want to apply. Okay. There's going to be a link in, the, link show in the show notes. <laughs> and I think it, they're going to announce the first recipients sometime this month, and then there's a ceremony in March for yeah. the first ones. But they're going to keep going. And um, they might also take donations. I'm not sure, mm. but that might be worth looking into if you're looking for something that you can donate money to at the holiday. So check out the Lulu Fund. We got a couple more stories real quick, but I think we will take some questions. I think we're gonna. So if you start thinking if you want a question, we'll pass a mic here in a second. So if you have a question, we'll ask. We will totally answer it. Uh, okay. And it did won't you be new, weird Did at you all. do new books? Huh? Did you pick out new books for the week or no? Books. <laughs> no. The answer to that is no. The answer but to that is no. Okay. I could. Well, let's talk about the Pew Research Study, and then we'll take a few questions. Okay. Actually, do we have BR staff people in the room? Amanda, could you come grab one of these mics and then you can be you can be uh, Oprah. She's and the hand mic it girl. Yeah. You get a book and you, you get, get a book. Wait, but that's true. It is really true. You're gonna pick up the Malpete book on the, the way Malpete. out. Okay. You're gonna. So yeah. It wouldn't be a book write podcast without some super boring stat segment. Methodology Here we go, corner. Mother. So the this is the the Pew Internet Research Study, who I think just does study like every day. They have a new book study. Yeah, that comes. that's all they like do. All, they just study they things. Um, so this is the number of book readers dips year over year, the percentage of adults who say they read at least one book in whole or in part in the previous 12 months. Uh, let's see. Do you we guys want to guess what oh. percentage? 
What do you, are they just going to yell all at once? What do you think they're going to do? Yes. It's going to be very orderly. <laughs> okay, we won't guess. Yeah. That sounded like a good idea yeah, right. in my so, brain. Well, we, we, play, we make each other guess. Right. So it's like, there are people here. We make them guess. We have the thing. 72% okay. uh, of American adults read a book within the last year. Well, which is down from 76% last year. Yeah. But that it was still only seems pretty good. Like 72%? Well, I was, you know what I was thinking? I read a study the other day about the percentage of adults who don't read at, like, basically a third grade level. Mm. So do you take out that number? Yeah. I mean, do they even get the survey? Are you talking about confounding factors? I'm talking, I am talking about <laughs> confounding so factors. Thank you so right much. Now. Like, if you can't read at a third grade level, can you take a survey about whether or not you've read a book or not? Right. And you're probably not very likely to read a book. If you can't read? Right. <laughs> that is how that works. <laughs> this woman is astute. <laughs> We're all laughing, people who leave angry iTunes reviews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, oh, because I just shut you down. Yeah, right, okay. you're very mean to me. Yeah, I'm sorry, I have so I mean. can't take it. I, <laughs> this is very hard on you. I'm going to cry uh, later. Ebooks. Be fine. In, Everything's in, fine. The percentage of ebook reading also went down in 2014. 28% of adults in America had read an ebook. We're down to 27%. Boy, let's all worry about Ooh. that. Super concerned. I think the kids are all right yeah, still. So, the year, so 2011, 2012, 2014, 2015. Oh, I just, I just Here are the stats. It. 79% have read one. 74, 76, 72. So it's kind of around the same. It's do, you, fine. do you think 72 seems high or low? High, right? Okay, clap for high. Clap for high. Look at that. I figured out crowd participation. <laughs> now, now clap if it seems low. Clap okay. It, clap if it seems sad. <laughs> clap if you're sad. <laughs> Who's having feelings right now? <laughs> so I don't know. We, this seventy-two percent. I I would take that. I, I feel totally like. yeah. take it. Like seventy-nine is would be great from right. what twenty eleven, but seventy-two seems respectable. Also, is that a statistically significant drop? Do we know? I don't. We'd have to know the sample size, right? Don't mm -hmm. you have to know the sample size to know the statistical yeah. significance? Thank you. Someone actually. We got science people in the front science. row. Science. <laughs> so yeah, science people, they, the science people said yes, so we're right. <laughs> Thank you for the validation. Only 80% of young adults read a book compared to 71% of those ages 30 to 49, 68% of those 50 to 64, and 69% of those 65 and older. Yeah, here's the thing I like. Young adults, 18 to 29, are more likely than their elders to have read a book in the past months. Yeah. So write me your millennial panic think piece yeah, now. Yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, people with a college degree, 90% of people with a college degree read a book in the last year. Uh, I don't know, this seems less than high school, 34%. If you didn't finish high school, 30, one out of three people are still reading a book every year. I don't know, I mean, not disaster? I'm not sure. Um, if you graduated from high school, I mean, the biggest jump is if you didn't graduate high school, 34% of people read a book. But if you graduated high school, 61%. So like that's the biggest, you know, in terms of raw percentage. And then if you had some college, it goes to 81. And then if you graduated from college or had a master's degree, it goes to 90. So really, if you can get people to finish high school, but I guess that makes sense. Like if mm -hmm. you don't finish high school, probably you're not like super bookish. Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, uh, let's talk money. $75,000 okay. or more a year, 86% of people who make that much money or more. If you make below $30,000, 60% of people making that okay. much. People in the suburbs do the most reading. Shocking. Shocking. 70% uh, 70, 70 of people in an urban environment read a book last mm -hmm. year, 76% suburban, and 66% rural. 
uh, white non-Hispanic, 76%, black non-Hispanic, 66%, and Hispanic, 59%. Okay. I can explain the 59%. Yeah. Not enough Spanish language books. Right? Ah, right, right. It's not, it's a lot of those, you know, they speak Spanish. Very few. Right. Do you think you can read a book in Spanish if there aren't books printed for you? No. Okay. I was just checking. <laughs> that was easy. That was an easy one. Uh, any other stats here that you liked? 18 to 29 year olds are still reading books. Well, there's the average American oh. read 12 books in the past 12 months. Right. So 72% read a book at least, but on average they were reading a book a month, right. which like is respectable. So if you read it all, you kind of read a lot. Right. Is that what they're saying? Really? I think so. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because all the book buying surveys right. show that a person who buys 10 books or more per year is a heavy book buyer. Right. So there's that. 10 books or more per year, and then most people who do read are reading 12 books a year. Right. This feels okay to me. I'm surprised they say only if you're 10, you're a heavy book buyer. Also, we have liberty to account for all oh, the people who right. are. <laughs> she just read six books while I've been talking. Last night. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Maybe we can talk to her about new books. She probably read something. She new. probably knows. Uh, let's see. A typical college graduate or someone with an advanced degree reads an average of 17 books a year. That's good. That's pretty good. That's good. Right. So we need to get people to graduate from high school and graduate from college. This is a, this is a news bullet. Education does yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, right. In a shock. Uh, funded in part by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We know that funding is sometimes a confounding yep. factor. Mm-hmm. We always see these, and it's like always a scare headline. Like only seventy-two percent of Americans right. read a book. Right. Only like seventy-two. Well, like I think most of us are like this. We know it. Like it feels like most of the people around us don't read, right? Don't we sort of feel that way? And you so feel I, that way? That most well, people don't read. I feel, or don't, I don't know. Yes. Really? Don't talk to me. I'm <laughs> no, no. I'm so interested. My, I don't know. My bubble is very bookish. Show title. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just feels like that 72% of the people out there are reading a book a year, and yeah. a lot of those are reading more than a book a month. I just, I feel, I just don't feel that. Maybe that's Your me. feelings are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we can talk now. about that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to get, watch that Tiny Beautiful Things adaptation <laughs> and have some feelings about that. Do we have questions? Does anyone ask? Did, it, did Amanda find anybody who wants to ask a question? Oh, and you've got a books hat. Oh, the books hat. Yay. <laughs> oh, it's Lisa. I recognize oh, Lisa. Lisa from Twitter. Hi, Hi Lisa. Lisa from Twitter. I'm going to recognize like three people because I'm terrible at that game. <laughs> so I've just hit my quota. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about this, but um, you had said oh, maybe no. you could talk about Probably not. <laughs> you said maybe talk about funding in oh, light of funding uh, websites, for what? Oh, for this, uh, websites yeah. that have recently shut down because of oh, lack of funding. Oh, Grantland and oh, the Hairpin and, well, yeah. XOXO Jane. Right. Uh, we can talk a prehistory of the show. Yeah, or, yeah. Or the site. Sure. Yeah. I guess if we ever had a when, crowd that cared. Talk about the money. So, October 3rd was the four-year anniversary of the site. Some of you know that. Last week, we published our 10,000th post. Um, Jeff wrote more than 2,000 of the 10,000 posts that we published. 2,137. Not um, that anyone's keeping not track. Not that I keep track. Uh, let's see. So the funding of the site. So the, the, the quick backstory is Clint and I. Clint is probably not here. He's, he's around. He's, he's probably downstairs. being nervous about something else. He was the guy making you woo in yeah, line. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah. Yes, we all feel yeah, the same way about Everyone him. remembers Clint. <laughs> so Clint, Clint and I went to college together, and I was writing my blog, The Reading Ape, uh, my book blog, and uh, he was reading it. And he was working at a startup that got acquired, and he was looking for something to do. He had paternity leave and had some time. And he discovered sort of the book blog world through me, like Rebecca's side and Amanda's side and some other people's sites that are all dead now. Oh, yeah. Book Riot book is Riot, where individual blog blogs killer. go to yeah, die. that's right. <laughs> 
Uh, and so we're like, he's like, so should we start a business? I'm like, sure. I don't know how to do that. He has an MBA from Rutgers, so he knows like business and stuff. Um, and I know books and stuff a little bit. And I was, I was, I just finished, yeah, I just finished my PhD and I was looking for a job and it wasn't going super well, to be honest. Um, and I'm like, okay, let's try. And we got some money together from ourselves and our significant others, Michelle and Zanali, who we should internally be grateful yes. for. Um, we had a little money and we got some friends and family money. And I don't mind talking numbers. Yeah. It was like $72,000 in startup money. Uh, and then we started, Rebecca came on real quick after that. Mm -hmm, like we paid her almost nothing. And I slept. Uh, and she not worked at all. almost every day, almost every hour. She was doing all the social media seven days a week while I was writing 2,000 posts. <laughs> right. We'd be on the phone with each other at midnight, like, we only have four posts for tomorrow, and we need seven posts for tomorrow. And I'd be like, So I'm going to go find t shirts <laughs> with stuff on them. And, and you're... I'm going to find bookish bathrooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, seriously, the popular features on the site in the first two years, yeah. if you're an OG Book Riot fan, are mostly from us frantically being like, what's easy to put together that people will also like and that we can right, feel okay right. about? So, like, the, the Cool Bookish Places was born of that. Right, like, Cool Bookish Places. This is a bookstore that looks like a book. Yay! <laughs> Here's a bookstore where they throw books at you as you come in. <laughs> um, so we had $72,000 uh, in startup money, which paid for Alex, who is our developer. Alex He's in charge of the website. The um, and so I remember Alex interviewing Alex in a coffee shop saying, I, we're going to do a site. Would you like to help me? He's like, sure, sounds cool. Uh, so we got started early. So we used up our money there. Um, I, we handpicked 10 contributors of people I knew from online who I thought might be interested in. We're doing a bunch of different kind of stuff. Some of uh, Rebecca was one. Amanda Nelson was one. Uh, I can't, Wallace? Kit Steinkellner. Kit, Kit Steinkellner, who now is an editor for Hello Giggles. Yeah, Wallace um, is an Wallace OG. Is, Wallace is here. Yeah. Greg Zimmerman in Chicago. Kim Mukura. Yeah. Brenna Clark Gray. She's still with us. Yeah, a lot of them still, I think almost all of them yeah, still yeah. write for us in one way or another, mm -hmm. except for Kit, who has a full-time job and doesn't yeah. care. Um, <laughs> we love you, Kit. Uh, and so, as that was it. And so, Clint and I, I mean, just to, just to be honest about how it is, just as... Clint and I didn't get paid for the first two and a half years. We worked full-time without pay. But we now have 11 full-time staff. 11 full-time, and they all get paid even. And the site, site makes money from the ads that ads you see. Ads on the site. The site makes money from the sponsors of the podcast. Yeah. It makes money from the store. So when you buy your awesome bookish t-shirts, the quarterly box, and 2% of every dollar, that, so two cents of every dollar, 2% of all of our revenue goes to charity. Goes to charity. That, that's not a profit. That's just right. gross revenue for um, those of you who know things about business, voted on which by I'm the readership. Right now. So this right. year it's first book. Yep. And in January we'll do voting again. But it's we've been writing some big checks yeah. lately. And so you can know, like, anytime you click on a link on Book Riot, oh, all of our Amazon affiliate yes, money helps. Right. Like, that pays for somebody's salary. Yeah, that's like a full-time person's salary, just in case you're wondering, because... That's why we have Amazon links and not other it, things. Yeah. We've tried having, to be honest, we've tried having other links and it just doesn't make as much money for us. So it's like, it's either have Amazon links or fire someone. And yeah. that's an easy decision for me, to be honest. Um, let's On see what else. Days. On most days. Oh, and the other thing that we, since we didn't have any money at the beginning, we didn't pay per piece a, a, a flat fee. But how it works, contributors get a revenue share. So we, Alex built some software for us that keeps track of how many page views that people's posts get. And they get a rev share quarterly and they get a check. So that we never can, we never pay more than we make because it's a percentage of what we make. 
And it varies. To be honest, it varies. Some days it's not very much, but also some people have made thousands of dollars off one post. Oh, yeah, and it's forever. So if something yeah, forever, that a contributor wrote two years ago gets like randomly picked up by somebody yeah. and gets a traffic spike, they get paid for all those new page views forever for as long as they're a right. contributor. So it's almost like having yeah. backlist, like right. you have backlist on the site. So over time, you probably make more than if we paid per piece yeah. like some other places do. I think probably do. so. And um, we don't assign contributors work. Did you guys know that? Oh, uh, yeah, we don't tell them what write to write. They, they write whatever they want. Um, so most days, like what? What's going to appear on the site is kind of a surprise. Or we can see right. what people have submitted for the last couple of days. Or we, like on Slack, people say, oh, I'm working on this piece, or I'm thinking about this other thing. But um, once they're in the door, they write about whatever they're interested in and passionate about, which right. is how we get that variety, that good flavor. Right. And I, just in terms of being honest about funding, we took another $26,000 from friends and families to hire other people. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, when we hired Jan, our full-time salesperson, we needed a little more money. And so we went back and said, is anyone else still interested? And we took a little bit more from friends and family. But we don't have any corporate investors or anything like that. Um, Clint and I and our spouses control the company. Yeah, we should pour one out for the Book Riot spouses. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I mean, to be honest... It is like, a not insignificant I don't know contribution. If you guys, I mean, probably a lot of you guys here also follow the toast and read the toast and saw Nicole Cliff tweeting about it. And she was talking about... You need advantages. You need something. It, it may not be VC money from a husband who runs a hedge fund. That would be super nice. <laughs> um, but you need something. And like, I think about the advantages, like something that's not talked about, especially for Clint and I, that we didn't have any college debt. So that was one huge piece of it that we could sort of subsidize. We both went to public. We both went to the University of Kansas, mm -hmm. um, which I went on scholarship, so I didn't have to pay. Um, Columbia was paid. I got a fellowship to Columbia. Clint had paid off his master's degree by the time we started the site. So that's, I mean, just to be honest, we yeah. didn't have that overhead. Yeah, my He's Canadian, so we didn't have to pay his health care. It's a good thing. Don't, don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, and then yeah. we had spouses that worked. I also, while I wasn't getting paid, I was also doing primary care for my kids and working another job teaching at the new school. It was super easy. Yeah, it was really super easy. <laughs> um, so that's, that was the reality for us, right. is that we subsidized, you know, if you think about the, the salary we didn't take, you know, it's probably another couple hundred thousand dollars in total. So that's kind of yeah. what it took. And my husband gave, like, when we, yeah, were, right. when we were launching the thing, he was like, okay, for a year, you can make not much money. Yeah. And we'll hang and it'll be fine. And right. let's hope that this thing works. And for that year, he cooked, like, all the meals and did all the house cleaning and didn't care that I had never slept and didn't talk to him. And, like, well, and, uh, I mean, it, one thing, too, is we, to just this is just real talk for you, is, like, we don't really pay market rate for our full-time people like we try to get close but you get to work from home you get four weeks paid vacation a year you can work whatever hours you want so we try to like make it up in non-monetary mm -hmm. stuff like we try to be nice and shit a little bit too um it's, it's good. They also like it's good options are a part of their compensation right. so if there's ever a liquidity event which is code for selling the site or taking big capital or start paying <laughs> dividends if we want to keep the company out. <laughs> um they will they'll see some return on yeah. that too does that answer the question? I, I was, Good yeah. question, Lisa. I don't mind talking about it. I just don't know if people care. Uh, but it's interesting. It, let if me tell anybody you, cares, it's the people yeah, right, right here. <laughs> and, and Clint, I mean, to be honest, Clint and I said at the beginning, like, we'll know in six months if we have something. Like, if it, because, like, it was, the traffic was growing 30% a month in those first few months. Like, okay, we have something. Yeah. And it's going to take a while for us to get there. And, like, but, like, doing the math, we could figure it out. And just, I mean, to brag, can I brag for just a minute? <laughs> We're going to cross $1 million in annual revenue probably this week. Um, and our, our actual site traffic, like page views on the site, is up 
26 times our launch month over four years. Yeah. And, that, and that's just views, and that does include the emails. You know, we have 100,000 email subscribers, and we do, this show does 10,000 downloads a week mm -hmm. per episode, and then we have the, all the other podcasts. So, like, that doesn't even include all the other stuff that happens off the site, that 26 times. And, you know, it worked. And it's great. We, I think mostly it's because we got the right writers at the beginning, and they were writing the right stuff that no one else was doing. And I wish I could take more credit for it, because I would. <laughs> But thank you all so much. For, I mean, you guys here are represent like the, the people who have really made it possible. I'm gonna because have you feelings click. again. I know it's true. Like, <laughs> we had this Clint and Jeff, and I had this group hug an hour ago. Like, who would have thought four years ago this is what we would be doing? We're like, we can't have this we feeling have right, this now. Feelings right now. We can't. We can't do this right now. Other, sort of questions? other questions? Anyone else? Another question? Amanda in the front Amanda. row. I hope it's not a one about statistics. <laughs> she, you'd ask it. I know you would. What's your it's question? because I'm taking a biostatistics. Yeah, biostatistics. Right yeah. So. <laughs> like we know some of what you guys are about a little bit. It's weird. Yeah, too. that's the cool thing. That's, that's cool. like the coolest. No, oh, I mean yeah, by cool, yeah, yeah. by weird, I mean totally it's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. I, I don't okay, mean to rush. Lady. I just don't want to run over. Hit us. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so I hear you guys reference the uh, book riot back channels. Oh. Yeah. And I just want to say that I'm totally down for any kind of uh, publication <laughs> or uh, Twitter feed of these. I have nightmares that. <laughs> about my direct messages to Amanda Nelson seeing the light of day. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that's actually, actually, I mean, in terms of kind of dovetailing off like the money part, like how the site actually works. We, have, you, have any of you used Slack before? So basically what Slack is, it's like real-time forums is how it works. And we have, and we have a, a staff Slack, we have a Slack for the Book Riot contributors where they bounce ideas off each other and just sort of talk and rant, which is the bomb, actually. Yeah, it's like, good, it's good. I think maybe the, you get paid for writing, but actually having access to the Book Riot contributor back channel like, right. is a real, is when a legitimate When it's Friday perk. afternoon and someone's like, let's make up Harry Potter pickup lines. <laughs> oh, I embarrassed myself horribly <laughs> it doing was, that. Okay, so everyone thinks that like Jeff is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Northington, the events director who put this whole thing together. The Harry Potter pickup lines were her idea. It was a Friday afternoon. She dropped a Google Doc into Slack. All the contributors appeared in it at once, and it was this like frantic yeah. it was like It was like Akio filth. That, got, <laughs> that is the show title. That is the show title. <laughs> it got dirty so fast, and like half of them were Jeff. And did you see what her voice did right there? Oh my she, God! She Jeff. likes nothing better than when I work blue. It's, like that's her like favorite thing in the I world. I always get blamed for the blue, but yeah, you are right here in the gutter with me, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm on the high road. The gutter's over there all the time. But like that's it's not fit for the light of day. Also, our full-time people are all over the place. We have four in New York. I'm in Portland. Shinsky's in Richmond. So is so Amanda. Is Amanda. Uh, Swipna's in D.C. Smalls Kelly's in outside Lawrence. of Chicago. Yeah. This is I don't know if they wanted us telling this personal information. People. People their, social is, their social security number is. Right. Let's take another question. <laughs> so, yeah. So someday we're thinking maybe some sort of membership where, like, hardcore readers could, we could have a forum or something for, like, that. Yeah. Cool. $5,000 a year. <laughs> she told me in line this morning that she was ready to throw money at people. So. <laughs> it's not even six yet. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at. Anybody else? We Any have a questions? couple minutes. A couple minutes. Yeah. Oh, we should have kept the mic down here. Yeah. 
Sorry, I was just looking for the truth. When I speak to people about books, um, most of the time they haven't read the book. Right. And oh. So I'm wondering if you guys actually edit out all those moments where you look at each other and... No. Have you read that? No, I have not. The show is not edited, except for when one of us curses, or my dog barks, or right. Jeff's kid or unplugs the router. In. <laughs> so Maybe what you, you guys want that. Maybe you want like the real... Like me in my pajamas with my kid crying saying they want a yogurt. There is like... There is an early episode when Jeff's daughter was really little. He's yeah. holding her in one episode, and you can hear those little baby piglet I know, noises. Yeah, it's really good. It's very cute. Um, so no, we don't edit I think, that well, stuff out. Well, one thing is that when she does, she does all the new book picks, and you'll notice how quiet I am. <laughs> That's a meaningful silence. <laughs> I, she could be making it up for all I know. Sometime. And like half of them are just non-existent. Yeah, I just, right. Yeah, I was like, really? That, that book, yeah. like the Gary Oldman vampire book? That's I still a don't thing. That. I'm, I'm not even going to volunteer to read that like one. Like books that we talk about, we're only talking about them because we both read them. Yeah. The ones that we haven't read, they just, Right, you know. we have like, you know, the shared wheelhouse of right. stuff that we both love and that right. we talk about. And we, talk, we do talk about what we're reading like off the show pretty frequently. If like, yeah. I'm reading this thing and you would like it or like, here's a sentence and I need you to tell me what you think about right. it. Um, but... We yeah, don't, yeah, we, we don't. don't. The show's not edited for content. What you hear is exactly what we said to each right. other. Live to tape. Yeah. Live to tape. I think we're done. Are we I done? Think we have to be done. Thank you guys. You guys, so much. thank you so much. This is so fun. <laughs> so. You can find, as always, is the Book Riot podcast. You can find show notes at bookriot.com/slash/podcast. You can find me at Twitter on this is for the people at home, uh, <laughs> or in their car, or crying in the grocery store uh, at the Jeff O'Neill O N E A L. You can find her at Rebecca Shinsky S C H I N S K Y. You can email us at podcast at bookriot.com. You can find us on Twitter bookriot.com. Oh, this would be a good time to plug for iTunes reviews. <laughs> yeah. If you have never reviewed the show on iTunes, Please we're told do. that helps other new people yeah. find the show, but I don't know if that's just blowing smoke up our whatever's um, <laughs> show title. Uh, let's see what else you can. And oh, thanks so much to Candlewick. Pick up Mal your book Pete. on the way out. The Murdstone Thank Trilogy. Thank you so much. And please do come talk to us as you're here the weekend. Yes. Um, tomorrow. Also, go get in the, um, oh, the tattoo the chain tattoo at Litographs downstairs. Margaret Atwood is tattoo number one. She's she tattoo number one. It. She has that tattoo of her, of her own Handmaid's Tale, which is a little braggy. <laughs> I'm just going to scoot away and wait for the Thank lightning Thank you guys so much. We'll see you around. Thanks, Thank y'all. You.